Hello and welcome to the first Dragon Heart in, in weeks. We've had a very, very busy schedule over the last couple of weeks, so uh, <clears throat> apologies that we've been a bit, a bit, uh, what's the word? Invisible? Well, we've been carrying out undercover work. I mean, those spy balloons don't launch themselves. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a bit sensitive, but I've got cream and it's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, oh. uh, we, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about a few different subjects. We've got the uh, last night's game against Woking to talk about. Uh, there is an interview with the Athletics' new Wrexham journalist, which is actually really exciting for us, mm -hmm. isn't it, as a club to have at our level to have a, a journalist from that publication, uh, Richard Sutcliffe. Uh, and we've got a few other little things to mention. This is Dragonheart. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragonheart's. Set piece then for walking to use. Oh, there's a corner, sorry. And Rexham have pulled everyone back except Mullen, who's only 30 yards out in his little half and half place. Josh Casey has taken it. Oh, beg your pardon, it's uh, James Daly. Sweeps it into the near post, headed across the face of goal and in. And Woking take the lead in the seventh minute. They're a difficult team. And there you go. They've proven it. They've roughed Wrexham up a bit, but the first time they've come forwards, they take the lead. Classic near post corner, flicked on, yeah, head in the far. Yeah, nobody picked him up on the back post, so they had a free header. Yeah. Keeper didn't have a chance. Working Sheffield United here. Corner swept to the near post, touched on nicely, easy, unmarked free header at the far post. And Hammond has got another goal to add to his collection. Toza plays it short, Lee now in a bit of space, 30 yards out on the right, sweeps in the cross. It's a decent one. Ah, but it carries through to Mullen, who's forced away from goal, edge of the box. He turns, beats his man. Can he hit it? He beats another. He's tripped. Free kick about a step outside the box. Excellent work by Mullen, that. Yeah, yeah, he beat three or four players then, didn't he? He was surrounded by players, wasn't he? It was yeah. so crowded. And he managed to wriggle his way through. Walking and complaining, but it was, it was a foul, clear foul. He was this time to legged him over. And this is about a foot outside the box in the D. Maybe a bit close. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those plastic for power. And if it takes a deflection, hope it flicks on, and the keeper's got no chance, isn't it? So, Wrexham battling hard. 1 0 down against a well organised. Well drilled, yeah. Yeah, really strong walking team. You know, Woking have been in and out of this division since we came into it. They're going down and up again. And frankly, this is by far the best Woking team that I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Of course, their manager, Darren Saal, the last manager to have won at the racecourse in the league with Yeovil last October. Here's the free kick. Ford and Young are on it. And Cannon is there too. Ford steps up and drills it. Yeah! Yeah! Yes! What a goal! By Anthony Ford! Tore it into the top right corner, and that brilliant work by Mullen has been rewarded. Ford steps up, lovely strike. Oh, you see, it was too kick. close. Yeah, well, I thought it was too close, but yeah. he got it up and over that wall. Brilliant, brilliant free kick by Anthony Ford. Superb, superb. That was uh, Ronaldo-esque 
fabulous, wasn't it? Right, yeah. on. Ronaldo didn't score that many, I reckon. That was more of a Messi. That... Or Messi or a Gareth Bale or, yeah. Oh, he just, he, he hooked it. Oh. And how he managed to bring it down in time, I don't know. But that is an utterly glorious goal by Anthony Ford. As he throws it towards Mullen. Mullen can't get oh, it. Oh, lovely. Ford gets it, nutmegs his man, drills it in. <laughs> Hits the back of McNerney's head and fans shout for handball. Wrexham pick up the second ball and start again. Lennon stepping out from the back. Good ball. Great punches ball it to Mendy. Mendy. Sets himself. Feeds it in the box. Left hand side. Palmer cuts inside. That is a penalty. penalty. Yes, come on. Brilliant move. Sharp passing. Lennon tinged it with pace. Mendy worked it inside. And it was a clumsy tackle. Walking and complaining. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely certain Palmer walks into that leg and bought the penalty. <coughs> but why wouldn't you when a defender has stuck his leg out like out. that? Yeah, yeah of course. It, it, was, it was naive defending. You see it week in, week out. No question Palmer played for it, but equally no question that it's a penalty for me. But slick, slick passing. Super, that was, wasn't it? That was, uh, yeah. you know, that's how that penalty was, you know, Mendy out. And he took on the player, great ball in. Yeah. to Palmer's feet and Palmer was turning and he just put his leg out and Palmer went over like Mr Mullen to Mullen to take remember what happened at Sheffield United the goal scored oh, one missed Mark, one oh, Mark. I can mention it he scored one and missed one he has the ball spotted up Ross waits on the line Mullen takes a deep breath on the edge of the area steps up right footed yeah! yes right come on corner. Drills it in, and Wrexham have taken the lead. This is such a test for Wrexham, but they have shown today Two that seconds. desire, that yeah. grit to fight and pull themselves back into a match that has been a real challenge. And, and that is what's so good about this team, you know, the, the desire to get back in the game, the never-say-die attitude that we've got. You know, yes, they've been both from set-piece goals, but does it matter? Absolutely not. No matter how you score, no. once you score. As the throw-in's taken, cross comes in nastily, but well, Daly can only head it up in the air. He's chasing it, but he's shoved. Well, I thought he shoved Jones over, but it's a throw-in given to Morgan as it bounced off Jones's body as he hit the ground. And they've taken it quickly. It's a nice little dark triangle. Daly smashes it in the goal mouth, toes it as well to get there. Then Daly goes down and gets a penalty. Oh, that's a soft decision. No, referee. Well, that's very controversial, that. I mean, firstly... What's he giving that? It looked like a foul. Well, daily 50-50. He went down, but for me, <sighs> I, I'm not convinced that was enough to be a penalty. Not just, at all. He was playing for it. I think he, he managed. He, he tried to get there first and hit the deck, but the pen is given. But firstly, was it a throw or a free kick to Wrexham? It was a free kick to Wrexham. I thought so. They're taken very quickly. They worked the triangle beautifully, and so now it's a penalty. Browner will take, he stutters, steps up and scores. And Woking pull themselves back into this game. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Bowes and uh, this is Dragonheart. Uh, the Woking game, Mark. I mean, it's been pretty... You know, let the, the viewers behind the curtain a little bit. We tend to record on a Tuesday, mm. sometimes on a Monday. We've both had a lot of... Uh, work-based stuff going on on Mondays recently which has made it difficult Tuesdays have been full of games and, and last yeah. night's was was a was a big one that mm. disappointed a little bit but I think we need we need to put it into perspective don't we as a result 100% um, we have won every home game bar one 
and it's nearly the end of February. That is amazing. So, yeah, I think the fact that we've actually failed to win a home game, I think it says where we're at, that we feel a little deflated by yeah. the fact, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, that the idea of a 100% home season is gone now. Um, my disappointment, actually, doesn't stem from the performance or necessarily from the results. My disappointment stems from the fact that I think their penalty is extremely generous to them. Um, don't get me wrong, I think they, they had an, a game plan which they executed to perfection. We failed to impose our style on the game. That's what it's always about, isn't it? When you play yeah. as long ball teams, you've got, to get, you've got to nullify them and play it your way. We didn't manage to do that. So they deserved at least a point out of the game, no question. Yeah, absolutely. I think compared to other teams that we played this season, mm. um, they are the perfect example of uh, that long ball National League side and they execute their game plan perfectly. Usually you'd see teams come to the race course, perform really well for, for a half and then eventually tire, but mm. you know, and we'd get that breakthrough or maybe if we were already one up, we'd then go and get another two or three goals afterwards. But they were just that little bit better than our other opposition and I don't think we were able to break them down and maybe we tired ourselves a little bit towards the end as well, I think. Mm. I, th I think as well it's the fact that, you know, when you play that sort of game where it's all about breaking play up, getting set pieces, creeping up the pitch, fighting for the second balls like they did. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I actually find it quite fascinating mm. to see us play against teams like that because, it, like I said, it is all about who imposes their style on the game. Um, but I think that... In some ways, you know, when people talk about, oh, you know, we've eased off because we've gone ahead or things like that, I think it's more who is on top of this. When Woking went ahead, they just carried on playing as they were and they were on the front foot and they kept pushing us back. There were spells in the set first half where we imposed ourselves, but we couldn't sustain it. And then, frankly, after our second goal, I don't think we did manage to do that. And although, you know, it's tempting to say we just sat off and tried to protect a 2 1 lead. I don't think we did. I think it's just that they had imposed their style of play on us. We couldn't counteract it. Therefore, we ended up defending for the remainder of the match. And oh, it's, uh, I've said this before, and I'm cliched, and I think it only makes sense in my head. But the, uh, the Prime Minister in the 1930s, Stanley Baldwin, talking about why he backed appeasement, the bomber always gets through. And I always think of that phrase, you know, Woking keep putting pressure on. They're not making chances. But there is always a chance that one of those long balls will just lead to a situation. I mean, how often have you seen teams that play like that and you think, they didn't create much, but they scored two goals, though. Uh, that, yeah. That's a great example of it. They control how the game's played. They keep putting the ball in the correct areas and, and ultimately something drops their way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, that's, that's what happened, wasn't it? That, that first goal was... I kind of feel like nine times out of ten we defend that, but with a bit mm. of a dishevelled defence and... Yeah. You know, it's it's not Phil Park, it's not anyone's fault, but we've had to, to shift who's played in defence. Was it four or five games on the bounce yeah, now? Yeah. Um, trying to think, it was we were pretty settled before the Sheffield United home game, and then we played. Oh, I've lost count, but mm -hmm. yeah, it is. You know, it is yeah. about four games now where we played a different defence yeah. in every game, and when that happens, the, regardless of how individuals play, there's just going to be mistakes, mm. isn't there? And as well, and I'm not making excuses because, like I said, I, I, I thought Wolverine did really well and didn't deserve to lose it. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that I thought their penalty was soft, but notwithstanding that, um, I think we were majorly handicapped in this game by injuries. And I know we've got quality and depth, don't get me wrong, 
but I think this is a specific type of challenge. I think not having players like Tunnicliffe and Hayden mm. is a shame in this sort of game because they are the sort of blokes who can dominate their part of the box yeah. and can plant headers on the halfway line and make sure that Woking aren't able to build pressure. And also, my suspicion, I could be wrong, but my suspicion is that O'Connor played at centre-back on Saturday because Wielson are quick and we didn't need a big stopper, but that maybe he would, if he hadn't got injured, would have stepped into midfield yeah. yesterday. And again, you know, he's not huge, but he can play at centre-back. He's good in the air and he could do what Ince was doing for walking in terms of he broke a lot up with headers, tackles, interceptions, yeah. and O'Connor can do that sort of thing. And also O'Connor helps us to shift the ball forwards accurately. Um, that's not a criticism of Luke Young who's playing in that role at all but O'Connor is really suited to that and I think we missed him quite a bit as well personally yeah I think I think we, we missed O'Connor massively mm. he, he's been so important in that role and uh, Luke Young who's, who's barely put a foot wrong all season has been asked to go and go back to a role that not only isn't really completely natural to him but he hasn't played that role for quite a few games now so for him to step back he, he didn't have his best performance I don't think yesterday but in fairness you know it He's got a lot to deal with there. Plus, with a, a, another new back three behind mm. him, um, it, it was just one of those games, Mark. And I think any other season, you're not complaining about that result whatsoever. But mm. but Notts County are so relentless, like ourselves, that suddenly draw into third place <laughs> at home after having won the previous 13 games now looks to some people like a disaster. Mm. I got a message to to the Wrexham fans and community out there: Don't lose your heads. This, yeah. the, you know. A title challenge needs the fans to not lose their heads and get too agitated. That wasn't a bad result last night. Not count you're gonna. They're not gonna win every single game between now and the end of the season. They're going to drop points. Mm. Let's let's just wait and see. I think with our games in hand, we still go above them. I, exactly. And they exactly. have to come to ours. And you know, well done to them for digging in and getting results in from adversity, but. You can't keep doing that all the time, I don't feel. I still feel confident about this. And last night, like you said, it's just one game out of 46. There's yeah. still a hell of a lot of football still to be played. 48 points left yeah. to play for. Yeah. And I think between us and Notts County, we're probably going to get the majority of that 48 mm. points, but it's still a lot of games. They they could have, they haven't, they've been quite lucky with injuries compared to us. Yeah. They could go on a bad run of injuries and have they got the squad depth that we've got? Mm. I don't. I don't know. They. They. They might. They might yeah. step up. You know, those games that we were expecting them to maybe drop points and they go and beat Barnet. Four, was it? Did it finish four? four one. one, one yeah, 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 that's a good yeah. result for them, isn't it? And you have got to give them credit. Mm. Um, but please don't. Mm. Please, people, don't lose your heads. Like yes. there's plenty of time yeah. yet. Yeah. There's plenty of games to be played, and we still have to play them at home. And we've still got those two games in hand. I'm not too worried. And to be fair, I think there's a difference between the online reaction and the in-stadium reaction. Um, there were a couple of people booing behind us at the final whistle and, and Neil was commentating he immediately picks up on that and said how ludicrous it was and, and it is ludicrous but the thing about booing is that two or three people can do it and it sounds like a lot of people are yeah. doing it you know in, in, in an echo of a stadium and the fans got behind the team well I thought and, and appreciated what was going on and as I always say it, uh, the, the opposition is allowed to play well and yeah. Morgan did yeah, play yeah, very absolutely. well yeah and so, so for me, I I, uh, I went in the posh seats uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Last, last night, so I went and experienced the hospitality. I'd highly recommend uh, the 1864 suite for, for anybody. I think, actually, you know, if you haven't got tickets and you've, you're lucky enough to have enough money, mm. it's a good route in because you get your, your pre-match meal and 
program and everything. And yeah, it was really, it was really nice experience. Uh, and uh, Pete Jones said it best: <laughs> all the all the new female fans that were in the eighteen sixty four suite because their fellas like <laughs> like me had taken their misses <laughs> for a nice little Valentine's yeah. meal to the club. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. fair play to them. Um, but you know, if you if you if you're after tickets, that's probably definitely an avenue to to consider. Yeah. Uh, not that I want to sound too much like a club shill, but uh, well, you know. <laughs> put that out there. Um, he's sitting there with his prawn sandwiches. <laughs> it actually is. It's nice, nice salmon. Uh, salmon, yeah, salmon. No, <laughs> just, just, just salmon. Just salmon on its own. Just a slab of salmon. Yeah. There. there you go. Pick it with your hands. Kill it yourself. <laughs> Fresh from the Gwenny. Oh, with the, with, the, with the spoke of a shopping trolley in its mouth. <laughs> Caught up in a crisp packet. Yeah. <laughs> what flavour? Uh, prawn cocktail. Oh, rack some marinade. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought the atmosphere was a little bit flat. But yeah. we've we've played so many games recently that I think I think fans are allowed to be fatigued as well. Yeah. You know, I, I thought against Wealdstone we might have that sort of like post FA Cup reaction. Mm. But I think today, yesterday was the. Um, the post FA Cup reaction by the crowd really it was very seemed maybe it was just because where I was sat and I wasn't usually sat in my usual seats but it seemed a bit muted to me it was a bit I think but I think it was also because walking are the first team have come to the race course and done that yeah oh, yeah, I mean, yeah to be honest over the 90 minutes they are by far the only team who've looked like they deserved a point from the race course I know teams have led us but they're the first team I feel who've really gone there and merited that league yeah and frankly, when it was two-two and we were really struggling to get out of the box, it, it was a, it was a weird moment where it sort of just hit me. We could lose a home game here, um, and that's why you know if you strip out the context, I know that's a naive thing to say, but if you strip out the context and look at it, um, a game where you could lose, but you dig in and get the draw, is a good result. Yeah, and to compare it to last season, uh, Darren Saul, who's their manager, mm. I believe, was the Yeovil manager yeah. last year, wasn't he? They did a very similar job to that, mm. didn't they? Yeovil yeah. came and did a very similar job to that last year and beat us. Yeah, last team to beat us in the league at the race course. Uh, yeah, right? so all credit to him. You know, his style mm. of football definitely has uh, some effectiveness against um, Phil Parkinson. Mm. Uh, obviously, we did beat Woking away at the start of the season. I remember saying on Dragonheart, that's going to look like a good three points by the end of the yeah. season when a lot of people yeah. were disappointed. And actually, it's, it's proven to look like a better three points than even I was expecting yeah. it to look like, really. Um they're going to be right up there at the end of the season. A two-all draw against a team that are in the that end up being in the playoffs is, is you know, there's no shame in that whatsoever. Um, but I think you know, for, in terms of back, going back to the atmosphere slightly, people, I'm not blaming anyone. It's not it, it is what it is. But they see a name like Woking and don't actually look at the context of how they're playing at the moment. That's really true. Uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, if we'd have drawn two all with Chesterfield, who are actually slightly lower in the table, people mm. might have been a bit less bothered. Because it was Woking, there was that element of, oh, cool. should have beaten these, we've got more money than these, we've got this and that mm. than these. But they're a good football inside and we've got to, we've got to respect them, haven't we? Oh, totally. Like I said, Sal's a good manager. He gets teams organised and the fact of the matter is, yeah, they're sort of quite one-dimensional in how they play. But that style of play is well ingrained. They know what they're doing and they're exceptionally effective. And, you know, they, do, they won 3-1 at Chesterfield last week. You know, they, yeah. they, they they looked poor against Boreham Wood on Saturday and came back from two down and still drew. 
this is a side that, that has got resilience and quality and a clear idea of how it's supposed to play. Um, and they're, they're a good sign. I'd rather be beaten. And like I said, I, I think the penalty's soft. So we could have beaten them, but we wouldn't have necessarily <laughs> been the better side. Yeah, frankly. yeah. And I, you know what? Like, not that we've we've uh, we've not mentioned the dreaded playoffs um, too much. But if we were to come across them in the playoffs, I would be concerned. I think that's that's a game that I wouldn't like to have if, if we no, avoid it. Yeah, yeah. It's a tough proposition. And Boreham Woods are sort of similar, and they are reclimbing the table, aren't they? Yeah. I, I I used to have access to the full ninety of all the games, and I don't anymore. But I managed to get access. To the Bournemouth would walk in game. And I thought, yeah. I thought, right, okay, I'll just have a quick skip through it, and it was quite funny because I kept like sort of hitting. I was watching it on my laptop, and hitting the, the sort of jump thirty seconds button, or just jump five minutes, just just to get a, a sense of what was going on. And it, the ball was constantly out of play. Every every <laughs> random point I picked because both sides were knocking it long, trying to win set yeah. pieces, trying to break play up, um, and it was just every time I jumped anywhere. Free kick, throwing, goal kick, yeah. corner. So constantly, I, 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 if I if I had the time or the, the stupidity, and I have neither, despite what you might think, <laughs> um, I would have um, timed how long the ball was in play in that game because yeah. I'm telling you, it wasn't very long. Yeah, I yeah. promise you that. <laughs> uh, just the, the the thing is, you just got to contend with teams like that. Haven't yeah. you? It's it's, yeah. it's just the nature of this division. Um, the there are teams who come that play to spoil the party, and I think a lot of people see that as a negative. I mean, if I was if I was a Woking mm. fan, I'd be delighted. Yeah. Uh, a, f- a few Sheffield United fans had, had a, a bit of a comment on Twitter about how the way we play is not going to look good, and you're going to eventually get bored of it. Mm. I don't care. I mean, I don't I don't agree, but I also don't care. I will mm. happily watch Toves' long throw for the rest uh, of my life if we keep winning yeah, the way yeah. that we've been winning. You know, it's it's yeah. who cares? I'm not one of those football fans that's a purist. If we win, that is it for me. Yeah, it's exactly. the only thing that's important. Well, I mean, I think you're quite naive if you are a purist in a way. I, I have ways I like to watch football being played, don't get me wrong, but there's there's plenty of different ways to win a football match. And i got to say as well, I mean, you're right, a few people talk like that about or us being direct or not much fun to watch because of tools as throws. But we're not a long ball team at all by any stretch of imagination. We play really nice football, some fabulous football, and you see Lee combining with players. Um, just because we also use a long throw is genuinely, you know, if, if, if you categorise a team, oh, they must be route one because they've got a long throw, you really don't understand football on a very fundamental level, I would argue. I completely agree. And actually, last night, without Tom O'Connor in midfield, we reverted to long ball yeah, we, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And was the wor- that's probably one of the worst mm. we played all season. Probably yeah. the worst we played all season at home, at least, anyway. So... It just goes to show that that's yeah. not our usual tactic, and yeah, we do punt it up every now and again. But it, but it was relentless last night. It just wasn't sticking, was it? I don't think really. I mean, I, I, if Sheffield United fans think that, they really didn't watch both games because whereas I, I'm not disputing the Sheffield United deserve to go through because they were more efficient in both penalty areas, or certainly attacking. Yeah. But in terms of balance of play, I'd say over the two games, Wrexham were better than Sheffield United. We had more of the game over the two yeah. the two matches. And when you look at the way we were counter-attacking at Bramall Lane on the floor, you, you, so when you watch that, you think, ooh, the long ball, look at how uh, that lad Mendy has just run 30 yards with the ball and outpaced our fullback. Ooh, aren't they long ball? You know, t- <laughs> t- talk me through that, please. 
Yeah. I, I, it, it is quite startling how many people watch loads and loads of football and genuinely don't understand it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be sarky about that, but just... So, you know, there's players nose in your face. Look at this. Look at this. It's, 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 <laughs> it's all... It's symptomatic of all fan bases, though, isn't it? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think a lot of... It's it's the fun thing to do on Twitter to call one fan base deluded and one fan base not deluded. Like, I... Yeah. I I'm sad enough to have spent enough time on football Twitter that I know it's every fan base that has deluded fans Absolutely and every right, fan yeah. base that has non-deluded fans. It's yeah. just part and parcel of it, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I said to you years ago when I had a throat operation, I couldn't commentate for a bit, and I watched the game in the Mulder Road stand, and it was Wrexham against Solly Hull before Solly Hull came up in the trophy. Right. And we had Ogilby up front, and he got a really nasty head injury. I feel, I feel funny thing I said this last week or something now. I apologise. <laughs> and he got a really nasty head injury and had to go off after about 10 minutes. And so we had Ormerod on his own up front, who, of course, was not, you know a good player, but not tall and not physically strong. Mm. And every time I the ball in midfield, it'd just be Ormerod up front, being marked by Liam Hogan, who was like a, like a sort of bus, <laughs> if you can imagine that. <laughs> uh, turned into human form, and all the people around me were screaming, "Stick it on his head! Stick it on his head!" And I said, "Why would you hit a long ball at Ormerod? Uh, what would he do? Yeah, why, why would you do that anyway? Never I mean, anyway, defending, yeah, you know, exactly. attacking against a yeah. bus, you know." And I just, that was, it was quite a sort of, sort of, sort of um, Damascene moment for me, and sort of sitting there thinking, they think just the closer you are to the goal, the better off you are. Yeah. Well, not when you're hitting it for a big sense about head is the halfway line. So I used to play sometimes with my mates when I was a kid. I used to play cricket and I liked cricket. None of my mates did really. And so they'd be bowling all over the place. And went, how are you batting? And if they bowled one that was on target, they'd get dead excited. And I was just, oh, good. They've, hit, they've bowled one I can actually hit. You know, but they'd go, oh, look at that. Who's hitting the stump star? And they'd say, yeah, no, go fetch it. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I mean... It, it, it is one of those things, isn't it? Football's a funny game, and football fans are even funnier to a, yeah, <laughs> to a degree. Yeah. Um, Owen O'Connell, though, I think I'd, I'd personally single him out mm. as as a, a performer yet again. How would you how did you find he's been playing recently? He's we haven't really had much chance to talk about him. Yeah. We know absolute class act. I mean, yeah, I feel and I've got no reason, no proof for this, but I feel he feels to me like the sort of player that we were looking to bring in in the summer if we got promoted and the injuries to Tony Cliff and Hayden meant we had to accelerate that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying we tapped him up or anything, but just that he was like, oh, that's a priority player to go for because O'Connell is football league ready. He, well, he fits the profile of the best signings we've had. He's experienced at football league level. He's he's a real unit. Yeah. Uh, defensively, he and Tony Cliff are similar, I think, in the way that they're... They're not super quick, but they're massively strong in the air. They're massively strong in the tackle. And actually, O'Connell is, is very good with the ball at his feet. I like the way he brings it out. I like the way he passes it. Um, no, I, th- I think he's an absolute class act, O'Connell. I'm thrilled that, that we got him. I must say, he did very well for Wrexham um, in Football Manager for me. <laughs> uh, that was in League One, actually. So, yeah, so I actually bought him before uh, Parky did. I'm sure he hacked into my game. <laughs> To go for him, <laughs> certain. Uh, it's always nice when that lines up with that, isn't it? When you when you <laughs> sign someone on Football Manager and they end up sort of being related yeah. to the club somehow. Well, I was, I was, years ago, um, I got Genie Van Aldum when right. he was like a, a teenager playing for I don't know AZ Alkmaar or Fire, I think it was. Yeah. And he was like a teenager and he was fabulous. And I'm thinking, 
that kid's going to go places. And then for a while, it all went a bit quiet. And when he went to Newcastle, oh, that's interesting. And next thing you know, he's winning Champions Leagues, and you think. Yeah. And then leaving Liverpool, and they don't look the same. And you think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> or the, the, the other one I, I sort of love hate is when, you, when you've got a player, a real life player, who kicks off on Football Manager mm. with you. And you somehow hold that like unreasonable grudge with them in real life, even though they've done absolutely nothing to you. They're like suddenly developing a hatred for James Jones because he asked for a bit more money on football oh, manager. You know, like yeah, yeah. Someone who in real yeah. life probably would never kick off. He seems like uh, a lovely yeah, bloke. Yeah. You know? <laughs> My son, um, he used to. He doesn't do this so much now, but he used to have the habit of suddenly because because he's all over everything. He's quicker than me spotting stories on social media. And usually, I find out Wrexham stuff because he's told me. And um, he used to have the habit of. Announcing something, I went, What? Seriously? They signed him. And it was in his game, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, so, oh, we, we've signed that, that centre back from Dover. And I'm like, What? He's a good player, him. That's a hell of a sad word of that. And he said, Oh, I'm in the game. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, man. I said, I've got so excited so often over stuff that's happened on his laptop. Uh, and honestly, you wouldn't believe it. Milanese, he was a good centre back for me for Inter Milan. That must have been I said Inter Milan, Inter, Inter, not Inter Milan. It was no such thing as Inter Milan. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that was what that been early two thousands. Mm. A cracking team. Rick Hober playing behind the strikers. What a player! Oh my gosh. <laughs> we may have gone slightly off the point. Slightly yeah. off. The I point, want to yeah. talk more about it though. That's, <laughs> the, that's the worrying thing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, maybe one for the summer when we've got nothing to talk about. Yeah. And have a football manager. Yeah. Uh, Dragonheart based episode. We probably should get Tim Lewis back on. He's yes, the man. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's the, the man. man football manager. Yeah, fair play. Well, too. we did have an idea. Should I say it out loud? Yeah, go on. We had an idea for maybe having some sort of football manager tournaments where we had, like, sort of like the 98 point team, the 77, 78 team, the current team, yeah. have little mini tournaments and see what happens. It'd be, be interesting. Let, let's wait and see if we've got a promotion winning team the end of this season to throw in the mix with that oh yeah. nice idea uh, but speaking of which you know we win these two games in hand that we've got mm. I know that's a lot easier said than done but we go back top of the table um, the idea that knots aren't going to get injuries and aren't going to drop points is, is frankly ludicrous and we've just got to we've just got to be patient I think haven't we yeah and that's 100% correct they're going through their spell of squeaking wins and good luck to them, well done. But my logic is that you look at the players we got and the squad that we've got, the remarkable run of results we're on, we should be, yeah. really, because yeah. we have got a League One squad. Um, with the best will in the world, I'm not trying to be sarcastic or, or demeaning in any way, but Notts County have not had our budget boost. And as you rightly say, I don't think they have the same depth in their squad and so for me what they're doing is outstanding but it, they are extending themselves they are overreaching themselves and overperforming whereas we are performing at par mm. now to me that says logically it makes more sense that we continue like this to the end of the season and that logically they at some point will not be able to perform above par you know I, I, I hope I'm right but that's that's my sort of reading of it I, I, yeah I think as well on top of that if Owen O'Connell is the type of profile of player we can bring in. Mm. Um, 
there's nothing stopping us going and getting one more, one or two more players before the end of our yeah. transfer window yeah. to to sort of get us over the line. Mm. I think Andy Cannon at times looked really good last night. You know, we yeah. only brought him in de- in December. He's he's clearly not quite fully fit, but once he's ready, mm. that's a play. That's you know another player that yeah. we've got on our hands that could really make a difference. Jordan um, Davis will Jordan hopefully Davis be back, come back. Yeah, hopefully mm. Hayden and Tony Cliff to eventually come back yeah. as well. So let's get February out of the way. Mm. I think we we'll know by the end of this month where we where the lay of the land is and. Mm. I think we'll be all right. It's amazing, isn't it, when you think of the players who are either out injured at the moment or are maybe lacking a bit of match fitness. Um, they would make a side, or would be certainly straight into. You know, they'd make a side that is much stronger than most teams we've had in the national league years. I mean, yeah. think of the quality of you, you added them to it. You'd be doing a huge boost. I mean, Lainton for a start, Hull Johnson and Bryce Susanna are both a bit undercooked. McFadden wasn't fit last night. You got Hayden. You've got Tony Cliff, you've got Jordan Davis, you've got Cannon, who's lacking match fitness. I mean, wow. I mean, that's that's a lot of huge quality. Harry Lennon would Harry have, Lennon, would, have yeah. would have come into some of the teams we've had in the conference and become captain, wouldn't yeah. he? But he's not probably not going to get inside when everyone's match fit. Mm. Yeah. What do you think of him last night? Because you know he clearly wasn't going to have ninety minutes in him. Uh, yeah, it was. A t- I think it was a tough night for mm. him. Um, I don't think he did anything outwardly really wrong other than you could just tell he was lacking that bit of uh, match sharpness and he didn't look that like that against Sheffield United mm. but in fairness you, you, you're only human playing Woking is not the same as being at Bramall Lane playing Sheffield United mm. and you might step up a gear in that sort of atmosphere might you you know I think he played well considering and he's got yeah. to be given time to get back to full match fitness yeah people ask all the time me about what I think of him and it's like if he's fully fit, he's an absolutely outstanding centre-back who shouldn't be at our level, just like a lot of our players. Yeah. He's a tremendous player. And it's great that we gave him the contract in the old days before the takeover. We wouldn't have been able to before to give him a contract with Rivers Fitness. Yeah. So it's wonderful for us that we can do that. He had a bit of a rough time at, yesterday at times, especially with the ball at his feet, which is very unlike him because he's very yeah. good with the ball at his feet, isn't he? But, you know, like you say, when you're out of match practice and you're facing that sort of challenge, it's difficult. Yeah. And Woking are okay. Sheffield United, in terms of quality, are better. Okay, fine. Um, but Woking are a different type of challenge, and it just it was just I think tricky for him to fully get into the swing of that yeah. aggressive style yeah, of play. If I'm right. honest, yeah. And that's when you're coming back from match fitness, playing in a really aggressive in-your-face team like mm. that is going to be harder to play against than a team who will sit off you and give you a bit of space yeah. on the ball and time to uh, mm. uh, acclimatize to the, the tempo of the match. Mm. So, yeah. Um, a tough game, but all the shot on the weekend. We go there; uh, they're on a little bit of a decent run of form by all accounts, aren't yeah. they? And yeah. but we 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 generally the form busters for a lot of team, aren't we? Or we have been. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we'll we'll go there and 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 get a win. Who have we got on the Tuesday after that? Scunthorpe. So that's that's a game that you'd like to think we could target yeah. as 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 a a win as well. And then and then it's. What's it upwards from there, really, yeah, Mark? Talking on the Saturday, then another home, that's three home games in a row, then that Chesterfield game. Yeah. Let's hope they continue their current form. That wouldn't hurt us. Certainly wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, after this, we're going to have uh, that aforementioned interview with Richard Sutcliffe. I'm Harry Lennon, and this is Dragon Heart. I think because we've got company, I've been on my best behaviour in the first half. That's what it is. I've been all polite. 
and that, you know, so I don't know. Anyway, let, let's let's take advantage of our company then, because as Pamela RWK rightly says, and Richard, you're going to be delighted by this. He says, "Yay, Richard Suckler for the Atlantic will be in the booth of Mark Griffiths to hear the voice of Wrexham in person. I might be the voice of Wrexham, but Neil is the insert noun here of Wrexham." The what? Sorry. Insert noun here. I don't know what. Okay. I didn't know what to say. I thought. No, no. I, I don't. I don't want you to say I was. Bullying I thought you were going like to say I'm a man from Witcher who travels over here because they've got no electricity. You know, like you normally do. So. I, I do say that, don't I? Yeah. But that's a <laughs> to fact. To charge my it? phone and that, yeah. That's just a factual comment. Well, very true. Yeah, absolutely. The um, when you use your mobile phone in Witchurch, uh -huh. the people shout witch, uh, witchcraft and start setting fire to pitchforks and stuff. <laughs> Maybe. Fair play. <laughs> Maybe. As you are a photographer, yeah. do they think you're stealing their souls? <laughs> That's funny because we have one customer who <laughs> thinks we scan them as they come in through the shop. <laughs> scan them? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> for, the, for the chip that was put in their arm and their, their COVID yeah. vaccine, as you. Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, Pamela says, so glad you two got to meet. So, on Valentine's Day, <laughs> hello, Richard. Hello there. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you, Likewise. although we have met before. We have, we but have. let's pretend, for, for the yeah. sake of Pamela's imagination, yeah. let's pretend it's the first time we've met. I've got to say, I mean, I love The Athletic because it has a, a commitment to long-form writing and to actual, actual thoughtful writing, which, sadly, a lot of written media is moving away from now. And to actually have an Athletic correspondent, I've got to be honest with you, is absolutely fabulous and so i guess i've got to ask you first i mean richard how did that come about and how did it be how did it become you well yeah it's i thought it's the ultimate case of follow the story mm. um i came here what was it now it feels like about three and a half months ago but i think it was only about a fortnight <laughs> i arrived here as the sheffield united correspondent for the uh, fa cup tie obviously incredible game fantastic stuff really was i was here with my colleague Stu james as well and uh, obviously, we're, I, I spoke to Phil Parkinson during the week because I've known Phil a long time. So I've done a piece on him. Stu did a colour piece round it, and it just did. It just showed us there's something really special happening down. Obviously, I'd, I'd watched the documentary all the way through. I've, 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 a lot of it because obviously I've known Parky and, and Steve Parkin and Sean Harvey from Bradford as well. So you you know these people. So you, you, you know, it's interesting when you can see them at work, so to speak. And then it was the day after the Sheffield United game, my boss rang up and he says, what are you up to? And obviously you're supposed to say, oh, I've got loads on, but yeah. I couldn't think of anything I was actually doing. So I says, oh, uh, blah, bits and pieces. He says, right, I want you to go to Wrexham for the month, home and away. Yeah. I want you to tell the story. <clears throat> They've got eight games. Tell the story through different characters, you know, whether it's fans, players, managers, whoever. And uh, we'll see how it goes. And uh, obviously, two weeks in, it's going really well because I'm uh, I'm staying. My loan's been extended by work, so uh, you're stuck with me now till uh, till well, hopefully for the foreseeable. Excellent. So we're very happy to hear that, you know, um, because it is wonderful. I, I like I like the fact that you are a fresh perspective, a fresh view on it, because you know, I mean, in Wrexham, we I'm being selfish and saying from Wrexham perspective, we hear lots of familiar voices opinions on things and we hear the repetition of the cliches which are true of yeah. the fairy tale uh, it's true yeah but i think to actually have somebody coming along 
looking at it with a, a, an impartial eye, but not with a cliched eye. Because yeah. some people have come here, I'll be honest, as away reporters, and they tell me what's going on, and I just think mm, you really have no idea. It's really interesting and a privilege for us, I think. Yeah. Oh, it, it's in, it, and actually, you know, like I said, I found the story fascinating anyway through, through the documentary and, and, like I say, knowing the guys who were here. But you actually get here, and I, there's so so much. I just didn't know or realise. Yeah. You know, I honestly had no idea that some of the community stuff, yeah. you know, phenomenal. You know, that, you know, the, the 200 tickets to keep back each each game for yeah. people who can't possibly afford, so they can come along. That doesn't happen in football. You know, I, yeah. I've I've been a football reporter 25, 26 years now, and that just doesn't happen anywhere. It doesn't, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, everyone I speak to, it's just it's it's just you can you can feel it's a town that's just. Just it's, it's excited. It feels it, it feels alive, and you know there's no better stories to cover than that. Exactly, and both in terms of football and the town, it's wonderful to see that uplift because there was a danger that it could get a bit toxic here. It was heading that way yeah. before the takeover started to happen. The town. I would say that Wrexham people had a fairly negative view of Wrexham in a way, and yet now the, the self-confidence, well, I say the town, the city now, the, the self-confidence of the city, the, the self-confidence of the Wrexham fans who didn't turn on Wrexham in the first half against Woking when it's not going their way, I think that's a, that it's, it, it's almost tangible in the air at the moment. Sport, sport's a wonderful, wonderful thing for, for civic pride. You know, my hometown's Keithley, and uh, I only sort of moved sort of six or seven years ago. And it's, 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 it's coming up for 25 years ago since that. But rugby league, we, we had a fantastic team for two or three years. You know, we finished top of the top of the second division. Should have got promoted. Super League started. We didn't. It's a bit of an injustice in my mind. But what? Keithley Cougars did for that time in town in three or four years because they had like the community classroom. You know, they worked with the police, they worked on combating drugs. And, you know, Keith, Keith is a town like Wrexham and it's hard times. It's, you know, it, it used to be a big cotton town. The mills have gone, the, you know, the sort of derelict. But sport in the mid 90s, early to mid 90s, gave it that pride back and it was absolutely fantastic. And that's what sport does. I can see it happening here. And I think here, though, the actual foundations there, Keithley wasn't. They got denied promotion, but the money then ran out and things went wrong and the club sort of went this way and the other. But I see here, I can only see progress for, you know, years ahead, really, because I see the enthusiasm the owners have got as well. I think that's the big, big thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that stated desire to do things for the community as well as the club has really endeared them to the point where I think a lot of people are naturally cynical anyway these days. I think Wrexham particularly, um, because we've been through a lot as a town and a, and a club. But there really hasn't been that sense of cynicism or concern about people coming from a different continent and doing this, because the way they've handled themselves, the way they've prioritised community as well as football club, I think has really spoken to the, the ordinary person on the street, I think. It's almost, uh, to me, it's almost like, and I, I use this word in a positive sense, a throwback mm. in the fact that when you used to get, your, your owners of your football club are usually the local businessmen done good, because it was yeah. men back then, let's, let's be honest about it. And they did have that sense of community with them, whereas I say over the last sort of 30 years, you know, my previous job at the Yorkshire Post, I did 15 years, and there's some good owners in Yorkshire, yeah. but there's a hell of a lot of owners who came in wanting to do right things for the football club, but couldn't give two hoots about what's happening outside the front door of the club. And that, 
I'm not getting them because they were coming from, you know, they might live 200 miles away, so they didn't have it. Obviously, Rob and Ryan live thousands and thousands of miles away, but they're coming at it from a different point of view, and that's yeah. what I mean. Where it's almost that care that they've got. And you know, I think you've touched on it before, saying they don't describe themselves. Or it might have been Neil earlier when I was talking to him. He said, like, "Don't describe themselves as owners; they're sort of custodians." That's right. Yeah, and yeah. I know it's a cliche when I sometimes see people say because you know yeah. a PR companies actually said it you know I've, I've seen these owners and they'll, they'll put the scarf on or they'll do this and the other but I just get the sense they mean it Ian yeah. you know that's it, it, like I say it's, it's a throwback to a I think a better time for football and a better time for sport and you know I know the cynics out there and you know I, was, I cover Sheffield United so I heard plenty of that cynicism last week with all that went on after the game yeah. but I, I say to our people I says like get beyond that look at what's actually happening in this story and I think you'd actually love it and I think that's why the documentary is so good because it's it's just opened the eyes of obviously the wider world. Obviously, all the guys tuning in from wherever you know tonight to, to this game is fantastic. But I think it, it, everybody can see who takes the time to watch that documentary because I find a lot of the people who criticise it have not seen one minute of it because they've just made their mind up. You know, I yeah. see it in the comments at the bottom of my stories that I've written about Wrexham. It's like, oh, that's not a fairy tale, and you think, well. Have a look a bit deeper and you might yeah. see that actually this is a good news story and yeah. good news stories we need them at the moment uh, exactly i mean uh, for what it's worth having been in the club to an extent you know while it's being filmed there's there's barely anything in the whole series that feels inauthentic yeah. to me there's a couple of tiny bits and i think oh i wonder but generally not at all i've not seen people staging things and i do think it's a genuinely cleverly told narrative I think it's quite intelligent in the way that it lets you draw your own inclusions it, when it talks about the hooligans at first I was concerned but I think it does allow you I think it treats the viewer with uh, credits of viewer should I say with enough intelligence to look at it and decide for themselves what they think about that and I think that's been effective and I've got to say I mean it's been phenomenal for me because our ask Wrexham hashtag um, was something which we brought in long before the takeover and I love it but there are sometimes when there were sometimes when nobody literally nobody used it during a game now it's it's out of control frankly but not only that you see the stories of people who say I, I just saw the show I don't like football I don't really like sports but it touched me and I'm into this and the commitment of those fans and the the, the really well thought through questions and points that they make I mean it's uplifting for me I, I, I love this football club I've been watching the club since 1978 I've never looked forward to games like I do now it's, it's an amazing thing and it's, it's that community again though you know, yeah. community doesn't have to be one point one and a half miles from, from the stadium yeah. community's everywhere and you, you know I, I, I follow yourself and obviously they ask Wrexham it's a community you've got there you know I was Obviously, we've done an interview for, for The Athletic for tomorrow, and I put to you, I said, what I've listened to and what I've followed, it feels like Test Match Special, yes. you know, which is the yeah. cricket show on the BBC, yeah. which I absolutely love, because you get the irreverent stuff, you know, they're talking about the pies and yeah. the things like that, but you never miss a second of the match, and that's what happens with you guys. But that community, because it's, you're not just talking about the football, the football's important, but it's also... You know, people care what the pie you're going to have somewhere, or yeah, yeah. Who, who can be an eleven of American presidents. You know, that that, yeah, yeah. It, that brings people together. It does. Yeah. It's, it's it's a beautiful thing, and that's what I mean by the community. And I don't mean 
somebody who lives on the Mould Road or yeah. you know has to get the number 23 bus to the game. I'm on about somebody who's following it from three, four thousand miles away. Yeah. And that's why I just think Wrexham's such a special club. Absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. The number 23 just goes straight to Jamie Carragher's house, by the way. <laughs> they, uh... He doesn't catch the bus. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. He spat on one one. No, I <laughs> did I say that? Oh, dear. Uh, oh, no, I've crossed the line again. It's, I'm remembering that Rolf Harris stuff we did last Saturday now, Oh, Neil. dear me. Um, that I shouldn't have gone down there. Uh, anyway, um, something I'd like to talk, ask people. Just, to me, this, this business model that Rob and Ryan are bringing in, I can't think of anything quite like it. I mean, it's not that they've never been celebrity owners, but using their celebrity as currency, because you don't get ticked off on your shirts unless Ryan Reynolds is involved, for example. That really fascinates me. I, I, I can't think of any real example of that in you at all. No, absolutely not. It's like, say, you, you get umpteen owners coming in and they'll, they'll put money in, like the guys have done, the, yeah. well, you know, they'll, they'll emotionally invest as well. But it was interesting, I spoke to Sean Harvey for a piece a couple of weeks ago, and he says he didn't know who the identity of the owners were at the first when he was asked to look at it by the New York Bank. And he went back to this uh, banker who was a good friend of his and said, this business model makes no sense whatsoever. They are going to lose money. Whatever they do, they're going to lose money. And they says, oh, don't matter, they're not bothered about losing money. And he's like, well, that's their choice. Yeah. And then he found out what their plan was with the documentary and bringing in the global audience and the appeal. And it just made sense. And I think it just makes sense. I yeah. think it's it, it's amazing that nobody's thought of it before. And it's 2023. Yeah, yeah. We all know Will Farrell's going to buy Shrewsbury, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And on that bum note, thank you so much, Richard. That, that was an absolute no, pleasure. 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 It really Enjoyed genuinely it. was. Enjoyed it. Um, and you're more than welcome to chip in if you want to in the second half. I'm enjoying myself under, too much listening to you yeah, guys. You're under no obligation, I promise you. I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. Uh, fantastic uh, half-time interview, that, Mark. Uh, interesting that the Athletic have picked us up yeah. as a team, isn't it? Well, as you said, follow the story. I mean, is there a more exciting story in world football at the moment than us getting bought like this and us scaling up in this manner? I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people get upset when they see that people are, are jealous and fans complain, but a lot of fans just are loving it from other clubs. Yeah. They really like the idea that we're a nice club and they wish us well and now this has happened to us. So, um, yeah, it, it's just, I mean, it's just a crazy story, isn't it? And he's loving it. He really is enjoying covering us. Which is uh, lovely to see. You yeah, know? he's really genuinely, like as he said, he's he's got an extension on the amount of time he's going to stay with us, because the athletic can see it's a great story, and he's really enjoying himself. And he's come in and immediately has seen loads and loads of different fascinating threads to pick up. Yeah, it's a, uh, I bet, and I mean like the the media attention we're getting at the moment is is for for us and for teams in our division is completely unprecedented, isn't it? You know. Mm. The closest in terms of attention maybe might have been Salford previously, just because they had the documentary with uh, mm -hmm. Gary Neville and Co. Um, but before that, it would have been there have been no one. And I don't, yeah. no disrespect to Gary Neville, he's much more better known than I am. But <laughs> he doesn't, he pales in comparison to to Rob and Ryan, doesn't he? Yeah, that that didn't have the international heft. The the, the documentary, I don't think, was particularly. For the club's benefit, whereas Welcome to Ransom is for our benefit, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there were a lot of different elements to it. Plus, as well, I mean, I watched the Clouds of '92 one, 
I, I, I don't want to sound funny saying this, but I didn't get any emotional connection to anybody, really. It was no. more an interesting documentary. Yeah, yeah. A classic example of Fly on the Wall. I felt quite dispassionate watching it. Whereas you look at the comments of supporters who are new to the club, and they all say, Welcome to Wrexham is an emotional story about people. Yeah. And that's what hooks the men. It's a very different beast, isn't it? So Salford didn't get much... Um, yeah, traction out of that really did they no I think they they were more uh, hated is the wrong word but I think they, they fall in that category of, of certain teams that suddenly become the pantomime villain for uh, whichever division they're in at the yeah, time yeah. or whoever they come across in cup competitions yeah. which you know we, we, we'd have to be unrealistic to think that we're not kind of falling into that mm. but I think for the, the, the majority um, of people we are fairly well liked or at least respected to a degree I saw them um, uh, uh, an image that someone shared uh, sorry I can't remember who it was on Twitter but it was funny so if you're listening uh, it's ace it's like the, like the, the cycle of people fuming about Wrexham it was like f uh, <laughs> neutral fan fumes about the media attention Wrexham gets <laughs> media notice Wrexham getting loads of attention more articles made about Wrexham and it's like a cycle of like yeah. you know if, if you're that type of fan yeah. who's gonna who's gonna be a bit bitter and complain about us don't click on articles don't engage with us on Twitter just ignore yeah. it because you're just yeah. gonna generate more attention That's for it, us yeah. so yeah. And, and we win out of that because we probably make more yeah. money from clicks and everything so yeah, absolutely yeah, my <laughs> personal message to you is haha we are FC clickbait <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but we have kind of become that and what I love about the athletic I've been subscribed to them for a long time um um, again, not just saying this is some sort of club shill yeah. or anything, but what they produce content-wise isn't clickbait, is it? It's yeah, informed exactly. journalism where, whether you like the journalist in particular mm. that is writing, they are actually there doing a job, there's no adverts, it's all just straight to the mm. point what that journalist is actually trying to convey as a story, which is really great, yeah. isn't it? And that long-form writing is, is fantastic. And, you know, to be frank, the Wrexham landscape, media-wise, is poorer because some very good journalists have left their jobs because they don't want to be churning out soul-destroying clickbait all the time. They want to actually be journalists in the club doing what Richard is doing. Um, because sadly, journalism generally is not going in the direction that the athletic goes, but that's why it's so valued. I also have been subscribing it for a while. I was thrilled, I thought, oh, we're gonna be one of those clubs. Oh my God, that's fantastic. It's great, yeah. and. and and it's no disrespect to any, any of the journalists that, that, um, oh, no, that no. attend Wrexham Games and, mm. and are involved in the club in some capacity because I think there is a place for the, what the Daily Post and the Leader do in summarising the stories into chunks that, mm. that people can see and share easily. But, you know, it is just summaries of what's happening, whereas The Athletic just brings something completely different to the table, doesn't it? And Rich and Tommy are brilliant, and they are really good journalists. Yeah. Um, sometimes they might have to comply with what their bosses tell them to do, quite frankly. Um, but they are brilliant. Yeah, um, I, I especially love the takeaway reviews that Tommy does. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch them too much though because I don't want to. I've, I've got enough pounds here anyway. I don't need to be getting any more recommendations on where Better to get time. my fish and chips from. The Romanian butterfly. Great <laughs> gymnast that I am. My body is a temple. Ankar Watts sinking into the ground. <laughs> brilliant. On on a, another note, before we wrap up as well. Um, we, we had, a, I had a, well, I seen a really interesting message on, on Reddit, uh, a user who goes by, the, well, her, her real name is Laura, she's sending us a, a, a Lego stand mm. remade of the, of the, the Macron stand, 
that she, she's done. Try and find it on Reddit. It, it looks amazing. She's very, very kindly sent it to us, and the, the kids in our school are going to, in the uh, additional learning needs department, are going to rebuild that as a project, and it will go up in school. So thank you very much for that, but it's kind of wild, isn't it? Uh, people from the other side of the, the world sending us things for, for, for kids in our community to, to yeah. build and use. Well, I mean, it, it's uh, so many positive things from this. I mean, firstly, it, we're talking about a proper amazing lego models yeah. like those amazing yeah, yeah. people who do that sort of stuff do this is this is not just sort of slapping it together it's incredible yeah and um, secondly yeah the fact that welcome to wrexham inspires people not just to be interested in us as a football club but to be interested in us as a community is, is in some ways i think the best compliment that rob and ryan and indeed the people who did such work before they came in People in the trust who did an awful lot of stuff for the community, Kerry for the um, disabled supporters. You know, I think it's a real tribute to all of them that this is not about football. It's about a community around a football club. Yeah, Such with Richard, coming was on or off camera, spoke very eloquently about. You know, that, that's what's fascinating. He he's come in from outside and felt it's like. Uh, it's 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 a whole town story. It's not a football story, and I guess part of why he's so hooked by it. Yeah, um, and then you know, in the Woking game, three Canadian fans came over to say hello. It was fantastic to beat That's, them. Yeah. It's just wonderful to see this, and it's just lovely. And it's that big community. It's not just Wrexham. It's it's a massive online community. It's a, a we try in Dragon Arts and the commentaries and to create that community as well and. It's just lovely. It's nice. Yeah, well, yeah, and you see all the the how how well all the independent media are, are, yeah. are doing from it. The likes of Fearless and Devotion, they're mm. massive now. Rob Ryan Red, they're mm. massive now, and they produce like amazing content for us that we didn't have pre takeover. Yeah. There's there's uh, all sorts of accounts on 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 Twitter. I, I you know I'm not trying to purposely not mention anyone, but there's yeah. that many now. Yeah. We'd be here for ages if we were talking about yeah. all the different podcasts and blogs and, and you know yeah. the journalistic side of things. It's unprecedented times, and you know, and any neutral that is a bit, either a bit on the fence or a bit cynical about Wrexham, co come to the town, come and see what it's done for us, come yeah. and have a look at how well the 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 owners are respected and that positive impact that they've had, and, and you'd be amazed, honestly. Uh, but yeah, thank thank you to Laura and any other mm. any other international fan that has interacted with us. It is really. It's still unprecedented for us, and it's really appreciated. It's a genuine pleasure. It's wonderful. Something I never imagined would happen. And yeah. It's just delightful. It is. It is. Right, well, I think that's a, a great time for us to wrap it up. Uh, i got a free lesson next. I'm lucky. <laughs> oh, I've, got, I've got the lovely year 10, so they'll, oh, they'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, make sure to catch us on, on all the socials. Uh, follow us all on Twitter. I, I, we haven't got everything to hand to, to, to remember everything, but... More importantly, uh, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube, hit the bell and all that sort of stuff. You, any any extra shares and things we get for the club is always beneficial for us, so all that uh, stuff is appreciated. This has been Dragonheart. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragonheart.